All right. Yeah. Alexa, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you, Glenn? Um, I'm doing fine. I always <laughs> like to start like this. We pretended like we just, uh, you know, started recording, so that's good. <laughs> exactly. So Alexis, why don't you tell the people why you're here, who you are, and what you do? Yeah, so I'm Alexis Thomas. I am the president of Ricky's Compass, which is a nonprofit um, based in Morristown, and we basically um, are just promoting uh, mental health and mental wellness. And our goal is to shatter the stigma surrounding uh, mental illness in general. So yeah, I just wanted to be able to, well, thank you for allowing me to be here to be able to kind of share what we're doing and talk about it and stuff. I think it's super important, especially um, now. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, so a little backstory. I, I met you in the Student Public Relations Association. Yes. Like, um, but I mean, I think, we, you know, we've both seen like the, the plethora of studies that are out there about it. More people are at home, more people are spending time on social media, working from home. Social media is bad for your mental health. And especially with, you know, in Jersey, we say everything going on, but the pandemic with, um, you know, with all the uh, protests and everything, you know, how do you think this is all affecting people's mental health? Yeah, so um, mental, so suicide in general um, has been on the rise, especially since the start of the pandemic, just because we are human beings and we're not really made to kind of sit home and not interact with people. And don't get me wrong, I understand why that why that's taking place. But all of this has been a lot on people's mental health in general. And when we um, are distancing ourselves from other individuals, it makes it harder for us to kind of um, talk about how we're feeling and all that. So everything that's going on, that's, you know, like you said, that's what we say in Jersey between the protests and the pandemic. Um, it's definitely had a negative impact on people's mental health. And with everything kind of so um, out there and so accessible through social media, it's, um, it's kind of played a role even more so because there's kind of no turning it off. There's no kind of taking a break and taking a step back and focusing on yourself, especially when you're home and you have, you know, your phone is so easily there and everything's so accessible. Your, your focus is everything that's going on. And, and we need to learn how to just kind of take a step back and be able to, um, take a break and focus on ourselves. Yeah. And it, it, that's, that's so true. Um, because it, you know, it's hard, especially now because the only social life we have is getting sucked into these virtual realms really. And I think a lot of people are seeing more negativity than is actually out there. If we were actually going out and having conversations because we get caught in these echo chambers, these, uh, microcosms of, of negative feedback. It's just these huge negative feedback loops where, um, I mean, the algorithms are just showing us stuff we want to hear, and that's directed into anger towards someone we don't like or a group of, you know, people who we don't agree with or whatever. And I think, I think, I think seeing negativity is ramping up the overall feelings of negativity in general. Absolutely. I think whatever you're um, focused on, uh, it becomes even more apparent. Um, so if you are constantly focused and constantly um, thinking about all the negativity, negativity that's going on, it tends to be all you see. You kind of block out um, the positive things. And even like you said, with the algorithms and all of that, when, when you're constantly, when you see something that's maybe negative and um, maybe you like it or you retweet it or you interact with it for whatever reason, it starts to kind of show it constantly. And that's all we're seeing is 
the negative aspects. So it definitely, um, it becomes draining. It becomes, it becomes a lot to take in and a lot to handle, especially when it's literally all you're seeing. So that brings me to a question about yourself. You, uh, you know, you're the, you're the president of Ricky's Compass. Like, so you, you know, you're seeing a lot of people share their stories and it's hard. Does it like eventually, you know, take a toll on you as a person to like, you know, like, and, or does it have a positive impact or both? Definitely both. Um, I think it's hard. So like we, we do this um, mini series on YouTube called Diagnose But Not Define. And basically uh, we, it's there so that we can give people a platform who are struggling and then also show others that um, maybe don't have that platform. Like, hey, you're not alone. You know, look at these people that uh, maybe were diagnosed with a mental illness, but they've come through and all that. So when we, especially when we do um, things like that, where we are uh, hearing those stories so frequently, it's a little bit of both. So you kind of, you, it starts to take a toll on you at times where you're just like, wow, I can't believe so many people are struggling so hard with their mental health and so much with their mental health. Um, and so you, but then also you get to see the good side where it's like, wow, look at these people that have fought so hard and yet they've gotten so far and, you know, look how far they've come and that's, it balances out. So it really makes, um, it makes those moments of those struggles and all that stuff. It makes it all worth it because not only are you allowing people to share their stories, but you're also, um, you're, you know, you're showing people that you can, you can survive, you can push through, you can get through anything. And um, ultimately you're helping people. And so it definitely, any negativity or any negative feelings or not negative feelings, but just hard feelings um, definitely are worth it in the end because, you know, to be able to help somebody, it's all worth it. Um, I, I, I'm glad that you brought up the, the video series because I, I was, you know, I was on your website. I saw Ethan Ross on there. <laughs> And, uh, you know Ethan? <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides him rapping around William Patterson yeah. where we went to school all the time, uh, right. I, I actually knew Ethan very well for a while. We were, I, this is so embarrassing. I used to be a rapper. Uh, um, That's awesome. <laughs> it's not. My first name was phenomenal. It was cringe. I did well, though, but like on the local scene, but rock's my thing anyway. But Ethan's a really good guy. I'm not going to be fake here. I didn't follow him because of my own mental health things when I left the music scene. I was like, well, I got to follow everyone, all that. But he's a really good guy and like knowing him well, you know, I got to see firsthand like a lot of the stuff he, you know, he talks about and like, you know, if, if you see him and you meet him, he's the type of guy and I hope he doesn't hate me for saying this, but like, you, you, he, you know, he kind of puts up like a shell. Like you can't know him if you just meet him because he's, he's working through stuff, but he also, you know, he has his own methods to get there. I mean, he's been very successful you know, in, in music, he would like his band was on TMZ, I think, uh, you know, um, yeah. I think. I found I'm not sure. yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I know he was on Hot 97 too, his song. Oh yeah, Cocaine, which yeah, he doesn't yeah. even do cocaine. He says it in the song. He was on Hot 97. Okay. People love him. I mean, um, but you know, it's like you can get very far if you, you know, you have these um, what, you know, what some people would think they're, uh, I mean, they are a disability, let's be honest here, but they don't always have to hold you back. They can, you know, hold you back, but if you let go a lot of a part of it, it can be like a bow and arrow and then you shoot up. I love that. Absolutely. I just thought of it. So like, thanks. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Um, You're can welcome. You, can you actually go into the story of Ricky's Compass? Because I think it's really interesting. 
thank you. Yeah. So in September of 2017, a very good friend of mine by the name of Ricky Godoy, um, he died by suicide after about a two year battle with his mental health. So um, he was diagnosed for about uh, for about two years before he died. But of course, he struggled a lot longer than that. Um, and he was diagnosed with bipolar schizoaffective disorder. So he basically had really high highs and really low lows. And um, he created his own multimedia company while he was struggling. And he was just, he was an all around like amazing friend. He was there for you no matter what, no matter what he was going through, whatever, he put it all aside and he was there for you. So um, after he passed away, I reached out to his sister just to see, you know, any way I could help. And um, she had originally wanted to just kind of create an event in his honor um, because he was he was all about shattering the stigma. And so she didn't want uh, to let his legacy die with him. So the original goal was to create this event. And then the more we talked to people and um, the more things began to snowball, it ended up turning into, well, let's just have a uh, a nonprofit. So we ended up creating this 501c3. Um, we got that status in June of 2018. So uh, the summer after he died. And um, it's just been awesome ever since. So we just try and um, continue to keep his legacy alive while also uh, just helping others um, shatter the stigma really surrounding mental illness. So uh, it's been a blessing for all of us ultimately. That's amazing. Um, so do you want to talk about some of the events you've already, you know, had? I, I saw that you had a few posted up on your website. Yeah, so we definitely have to update the website. There's that. But thank you so much for checking it out. Um, yeah, so the very first event that we had, our big event, was the Mental Health and Wellness Expo. Um, we had that in September of 2018, so a year after he died. And then we've had two of those so far. Uh, we wanted to have it's supposed to be an annual thing so our goal was to have another one obviously this september but with the, everything that's going on it's a bit challenging <laughs> with the pandemic so we'll see um we might do something virtual we're trying to figure it out um so we've done that and then we also have sponsored um mental health first aid classes so basically they're kind of like cpr classes but for you know mental health um so they help people uh, figure out whether or not somebody is in um, a dire situation, a, um, you know, a, a breakdown kind of. And so they help you analyze the situation and then figure out uh, the proper steps to take in order to get that individual help. Uh, so we've sponsored, I believe, three of them now. Uh, we're, we, the last one that we sponsored was right before uh, the pandemic hit. And so, or hit hard. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so we've just been, we also uh, have raised money through our wellness expo and that money um, has gone to sponsoring the event, the uh, first aid classes, as well as we created a scholarship program in honor of Ricky at uh, Morristown High School, which is where he was from. And we just had our first uh, scholarship given away um, this, June. I'm like, I'm so confused on what month it is with everything. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we've done a, things like that, a bunch of things. Yeah. I got a pizza scholarship from Frank's Pizzeria. Stop. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, I called it pizza scholarship because it sounds yeah. pop up, but like, yeah, they gave me a scholarship. It, 
funny story. So it's yeah. not, I mean, it's not funny, but it is because, so like I knew, I mean, Frank's Pizza has been, I had my first full slice of pizza there. They've been in my town forever. That's awesome. And the guy, uh, Kevin Natalie, who he was like kind of running it at the time, um, my family and his family, like I knew him, I knew him pretty well. Um, right. uh, and like, you know, my dad was friends with him uh, to an extent. He passed away, unfortunately. And, um, but they still kept his memory. The street that Frank's is on is called Kevin Natalie Way. And, uh, you know, I've been coming there forever. So there was like a scholarship thing in Hopakong and everyone had to go to it. I didn't think I was getting anything. I didn't check my email. You see where this is going. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> and this poor woman, this is, you know, the amazing people who are running it afterwards, you know, came, I, I decided not to go to school that day. I was like, fuck that. I do not care yeah. about this shit. Um, she got up on stage. I didn't know this was going to happen. You know, read this beautiful, beautiful thing. I was told this, this beautiful thing about, you know, Kevin and who got the scholarship and everything. And she's like, I would like to award the scholarship to Glenn Haynes. And you were right there. And guess what happened? No one walked on stage. There were there were tears. I felt bad. I wrote them a nice letter. You know, I was like, oh my god, I did not know. But yeah, that's my oh story. Oh my gosh! No. I hope that doesn't happen oh, with your scholarship. <laughs> well, actually, funny story. So they had to do it obviously virtual. Um, the whole recipient giveaway thing, and so we knew who won beforehand. We got an email. And, um, and we we're so excited to meet him and everything. And we're sitting there. And so there's three of us that run the organization. And so obviously, since it was on Zoom, we were all separated. And so we're texting each other, like, do you see this person? Like, we're trying to find him. And we're like scrolling through because there was so many people. It was all the donors, all the recipients. And so we're scrolling through and nobody could find him. And then what happened was they split everybody up. So it was like, the recipients and the donors were all in their individual rooms. And so we go in and there's this like lady sitting there, well, in the virtual rooms. She's like, yeah, I'm not like the recipient, obviously. And we we're just like, okay, well, I guess he like, they couldn't get in contact with him, whatever. So then finally he emailed us and was like, I'm so sorry. I guess what happened was it was originally one day and um, they changed it. I guess last minute or something to a different day. And so he had plans or whatever, but we we're just like, uh, okay, like you're not him. <laughs> but hey, yeah, no, it worked out though. It's good to know that I, I'm not the only one <laughs> exactly. who, uh, who fucked up. Um, but people can donate on your website, right? Yes. So if you go to rickyscompass.org, um, there is a donation tab at the top. And everything is um, tax deductible. So we will send you a receipt um, as soon as we receive that donation. And everything really just goes to um, either the scholarship fund, uh, which amazingly enough, we did have a really incredible donor who decided to match our scholarship this year. So um, yeah, it was incredible. Uh, she found out about the scholarship and she was like, I want to match it. So now we have a, another thousand dollar scholarship set up for next year. Definitely. And, um, we want to increase that, but, um, yeah, so the money will go to that, um, our wellness expo or our mental health first aid, um, classes that again, we sponsor and the mental health association runs that because they are qualified. So, um, yeah, so we are, you know, grateful for all the donations that have come in. I think it's incredibly important too that you're giving away a scholarship, especially now, because uh, you know people are going into a 
people are going into a terrible job market. We don't know how long it's going to last. And people are still going to feel the effects economically of that for, you know, for years. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, like, uh, maybe people do. I think people do like that. Scholarships are incredibly important because college isn't, isn't free. It's very expensive. Even if you go to like, you know, like a cheap school, like, uh, right. like William Patterson. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, what was that, you know, what, what made uh, you guys like want to specifically do a scholarship? Um, well, we noticed that we, in order to, um, oh my goodness, my dog just came in. I'm so sorry. Oh my no, that's gosh, amazing. I'm so sorry. Great no, content. I, I love it. No. More doggo. No. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. I was not expecting that. I apologize. Um, yeah, so basically we just really wanted to, um, to kind of give back to the community. And um, we also understand the struggle of how um, expensive college can be. And in order to, you know, um, help uh, and encourage people to help others, we wanted to be able to I guess, help them, if that makes sense. Um, so basically, we, sorry, I'm like trying to get my dog. <laughs> it's completely fine. I have a chihuahua and she barks, she's annoying. She's like, I need a studio or my own place, oh you my know? Gosh. Literally, same. No, chihuahuas are adorable. I love it. My dog's a pit bull and he's a bit um, crazy, so. <laughs> I love pit bulls. There's a, st let's talk Loving, about stigma. <laughs> pit bulls have a stigma against them. Exactly. Absolutely. And, you know, I, that's another one that I'm working on shattering. So I'm <laughs> big, a big pit bull advocate because they're just big mush balls. So <laughs> they're actually like, st like studies have been done. They're more well-behaved than most dogs. Like that's a real mm -hmm. thing. And yeah. It was just a lot of, it was like PR stuff. It was propaganda against pit bulls. I forget why, but mm -hmm. so, some guy, some elite guy or something was like, fuck pit bulls. We're just gonna, you know, right. do, do this, do this against them. Um, what's the, one right. of the most important things you've, or, or maybe one of the most life-changing things you've learned through working with Ricky's Compass? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I think ultimately it's, I think one thing that's really played a part, especially right now with, um, even the protests and all that, I think, I experienced um, mental illness as an outsider. So like I only got to experience it because I knew people that struggled. And yes, I've struggled at times, you know, with that uh, depressing feeling or an anxious feeling, but I have never been diagnosed with an illness. And so I will never personally understand what people who are struggling with their mental health um, are actually going through. And so I think it's just taught me to just hear people out and just, you know, let them talk and um, let them tell you how they feel because you can do all the research in the world. You can do, you can pay attention to the, all the studies, but until you're in their shoes, you'll never truly understand what it's like. Um, and I think even, you know, with the protests, with all that, like, you know, I'm not trying to get political or anything, but you know, I am, I'm a white girl. I don't understand what it's like to, um, you know, be a black person, a black person in America, anything like that. So I think ultimately, um, the past almost three years of being a part of Ricky's Compass has really just taught me to kind of shut up, <laughs> sit back and listen and hear people out and just kind of 
um, be aware of what they're going through and, you know, let, let them tell their story and you just have to be there to support them. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really glad to hear you say that. Uh, I talked about it with my uh, guest the other day, Ethan Shapiro, and mm-hmm. we were just talking about how discourse, it's becoming a lot harder to have. And it's not, maybe not even just on the political side, you're making me really understand it's, it's everywhere, really, people are afraid to have discourse of any kind. So it's important right. that we keep having it. Even if you don't agree, even if you, you know, aren't going to agree, you at least need to step into someone's shoes and understand their point or you're not going to grow as a person. Absolutely. And, yeah. So that brings, that brings me to my next question because um, you and I are both pretty active on Twitter. And we're both, <laughs> yes. I don't think either of us are on the left or the right. I guess we're kind of like in this moderate or whatever. Just We're kind of mm-hmm. like this new age uh of, of of people that are getting political where we're just like good ideas or good ideas uh right. what do you think people especially because you're in pr too i wanted to ask this you know what do you think people on social media can do to avoid like i guess getting uh i don't know what to call it radicalized or you know avoid some pr tricks from the right or the left and just to make sure they're not you know reading something that's just meant to get them anxious or like you know wound up um, I don't, I don't know if this completely answers the question, but I remember sitting in a journalism class at, um, at Willie P and, um, they were asking us where we get our news from. And unfortunately, despite sitting in a news class, a lot of people didn't read the news, but, um, I just remember, uh, I told the professor, I was like, I, a lot of times gather it from social media. I see the trending topics, whatever. and then. I do the research on my own. So I think it's super important to not just stick to what you see right there. I think a lot of us really need to try and dig deeper. And it's like, um, you need to read articles from both sides. You need to read um, articles that just present topics that you might not agree with. Um, I think it's super important to just uh, do the research and you know take in what you can see those topics, understand them, and then just make sure that you're diving deeper on your own because nobody else is going to do that for you. Everybody's going to feed you what they want you to believe and what they want you to understand. But you have to know, um, you have to really gather all the facts and information uh, before presenting, you know, your own point of view. I think that's super important. And I think the more you dig deeper and the more you understand, you'll be able to kind of see the why behind things and I think when you understand the why, it helps you um, kind of get the full picture and it kind of can help calm your nerves for sure. Like if you understand why things are going on, um, it'll definitely, um, I don't know, it's almost, it's just, it kind of presents like a calming factor, at least for me, um, with everything that's going on. I tend to say that a lot. <laughs> No, it's, I'm such a Jersey girl. <laughs> and we're from Jersey. What can I exactly. say? So wacky up in here. But I know. No, you're so right. Like the why is so important. Like if you're just if you're just aggregating your news from Fox or CNN, it's like that echo chamber we talked about before, just exactly. not on social media. You're only hearing a what you want to hear and b what other people want you to hear. So you're mm-hmm. excuse me, I burp a lot. You're, <laughs> you're getting turned. You're getting turned into the robot that. I mean, let's look who's behind a lot of these media companies. It's the Soros. It's, you know, the Mercers. It's the, 
Rothschild? I forget. There's like a third one who does yes, another. I was just reading about the Rothschild. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know all the details, but yes. Mm-hmm. They influence a lot of even local news. You know, they spend millions of dollars to do so. So you really got to aggregate your news from a lot of different places. And then mm-hmm. if you, you know, to some degree, look up if things are true, that doesn't mean you have to look up every single research paper. Absolutely. It just means like, hey, where is this coming from? Is it true? Like I, um, you know, I'm interested to hear about who you get your news from too, but I get my news from like the Hill Rising because it's a left-right show. I get mm-hmm. it from like Tim Pool, who's like pretty conservative, almost in the alt-right. So I don't believe everything he says, but he's a good okay. aggregator. Yeah. I follow... Um, I follow Kyle Kolinsky, who's like a liberal. I follow, you know, Jimmy Dore, all these people that people from every side on the political um, yeah. compass. Huh? Uh, disagree with. <laughs> there you go. So what about you? Who, you know, who are some people that you would refer people to? Honestly, that's a great question. And I feel like you just gave me a bunch and I feel like a major slacker right now because off the top of my head, I can't even think of a specific um name because so I I work in radio like full time so I worked for um ABC News that was one of the stations um that my old company worked and so they're you know conservative talk show uh whatever and then I also work for now 1010 wins and CBS AM so they're very newsy but more just you know facts rather than uh filling in with opinions so like I follow a lot of the people that um, that represent those stations online, but I don't really like go to anybody specific. I kind of just look at again what's trending and um, all these different topics online, and then I just I don't know if this is the most accurate or whatever, but I'll just kind of do the research on my own and I'll look at all those main. Um, anything like any article that comes up not any because you know i'm busy too but <laughs> QAnon! <laughs> yes <laughs> no so i'll just like look things up and um i try and just kind of gather as much factual information um and try and figure out i try and keep out the opinionated adjectives <laughs> away mm. from um from my research just because adjectives can be very um uh what's the word very opinionated very um subjective yeah yeah definitely so I I just I don't really have any specific sources I just kind of try and get a good overall like I know that you know certain sources are much more conservative and certain sources are much more liberal so I just try and make sure I gather um information from both as best as I can that's such a really good point that I've never thought about you know like adjectives are like more opinion like you're gonna get an op-ed probably and and, like that's like that's legitimately a pr trick it's like you want to get someone emotionally invested i forget what the emotional investment emotions are it's like you want to pry on someone's anger sadness stuff like that so if you go like um like you know those videos where it's like trump owns lives with epic whatever yes (laughs) it's like you're trying to um you're just trying to get people wound up so they click on it and then they just get confirmation bias and they're like oh yes yes talk shit talk more shit and it's bad for you honestly Mm -hmm. it's you know and you're not getting and maybe you are getting good information from it but you know you're not you're kind of um you're falling into a rabbit hole of sorts yes yes very much clickbait and you have to be super careful of that because um I don't I don't remember what class it was but I just remember like adjectives were very uh maybe it was just like 
journalism 101 but like more for newspapers and stuff but they were just being they were just talking about how um a lot of the adjectives are very much subjective so like unless you're being straight to the point and saying you know a number or um a color or something like that to describe it like you're just fluffing up your paper to tr to try and prove your point you're just fluffing up your article um because you want to stick to your narrative ultimately that's what it is and so i think it's super important to be aware of that and a lot of times we aren't and you know we were i think in in high school we were taught you know you have to write to a you have to fill out you have to have a certain number of words and so we were taught to just fluff it up and so we're so used to seeing all these like adjectives and everything that's so subjective that we don't really process the fact that it's ultimately creating a specific narrative in our minds and so we have to be super cautious of that wow that was that was awesome <laughs> I, I, no. really want, I really want to see a study and i'm sure they exist but mm -hmm. of like the amount of subjective adjectives that are used in articles as opposed to research paper titles and i'm sure it's just like unfathomably uh different yeah i would love to that's a really good point i would love to try and um research that and, and find out more information about that that's a really good point good thinking <laughs> yeah I, I you know do you ever think of like um doing research papers because you have a good idea and you're like i just don't want to actually do it <laughs> Yes, I just don't want to actually do the research and put in that time and effort because you know it's a bit much at times. <laughs> it's a it's a lot. Uh, what I'm gonna completely this is an awful segue. I, I'm gonna completely jump. No, I here. love it. What do you think about uh, Kanye West? I mean, this is a PR thing. Kanye West announcing his his uh, run for presidency, his candidacy. I think it's wild. What was that? I want to have an article up, so just, you know, go on, and then, like, I'll bring things up as we're going. Yeah, okay. Um, hmm. I was just kind of, like, when I saw it, my sister um, sent me the link when he officially, like, when they first announced it or whatever, and I was like, oh, God, here we go again. But um, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like, um, first of all, I feel like he waited so long to do anything, so it's like... I don't know. That's another story. But I just think that it can be, listen, I just had a conversation with my friend and we were talking about how frustrating it is, how basically everything, we've become such a polarized nation and you're basically told you either have to vote Democratic or Republican. Mm -hmm. um, you have to choose a side. You third party, you're just throwing your vote to the wind, whatever. And it's frustrating. And so but now all of a sudden, you know, here he comes, third party. And, um, I don't know. It's just, I can't wrap my head around it because everybody's saying that, you know, if you vote for Kanye, and I'm not saying I would or I wouldn't, um, that's just a crazy idea. But if you vote for him, then you're basically, I don't know, screwing over one side or the other. I don't really know. I think it's just like, I can't imagine... Kanye for president but I mean I, anything can happen in 2020 and look at what we were <laughs> look where president is right now exactly yeah. I don't even really know anymore <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen so let Great. me just let me just read you some of the things I see in this article so this is from yes. Forbes.com it's uh written by Randall Lane if you want to check it out it's called Kanye West yeah. says he's done with Trump opens up about White House bid 
damaging Biden and everything in between. Um, mm-hmm. And I do, I do want to touch on the third party thing, by the way. It's like, I'm getting very sick of the polarization, like you said, where I, I just saw someone post on their story. If they listen to this, all offense, because you shouldn't post this. <laughs> they said a vote for Kanye is a vote for Trump. And it's like, Kanye West supported Trump. Like a lot of the people who are with what Kanye saying are going to be with, with Trump saying, and why are you just assuming that someone who's going to vote for Kanye would have voted for Biden? You know, it's like, right. I, 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 w- I probably, w- I didn't vote cause I'm a fake motherfucker, but no. <laughs> I wanted to vote for, uh, I wanted to vote for Gary Johnson, the 2016 mm-hmm. election. And those are just people who didn't like either candidate. So what do you mean? It's, it's not siphoning votes from anyone, but anyway, exactly. Um, so Kanye said in an interview, <laughs> he's, he's running for president in 2020 under the new banner, The Birthday Party. Your thoughts? <laughs> um, honestly, I didn't know like that was a, so it, was that a thing? I sound like an idiot, but where did this come from, The Birthday Party? I think, all right, you and me, we have PR minds. I think you and me both think this is probably like a, uh, and I don't want to speak for you, but his right. name might be on every I don't know if he can get on the ballot in every state right now but he'll be right. on the ballot if he's releasing an album soon after that I mean he just released a song like today uh everyone's gonna see Kanye West and then they're gonna look him up like it's like a genius move but right. it's also a dangerous one like the more money you have the less empathy you have that's just like a proven statistic so like I right. get it and I think I think he's just being as wild as he possibly can not caring about how it's going to affect people just because he wants his legacy to be broadened. So right. it, it, re- it reminds me of a, a book I read when I was a kid called The Kid Who Ran for President. And Ooh. he, it's a stupid book. It's, it doesn't go into policies at all. I mean, it's for kids. Right. But it, he, he starts his own party called the Lemon Party, which looking back is funny because if you've seen the video Lemonade Party, uh, different, different contextual stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, I think it's just kind of a marketing plan. What do you think? He said he wants to win. Do you think it's real? Do you think it's. I can't, I can't see him. This is what the third time he said that he originally said it in, I forget when the first time. And then in what, I think November, he said he was going to run in 2024 and stuff. So I feel like it's definitely a a PR stunt. Um, Maybe he does actually run, but like you said, it's, it's great PR. Like, come on, it's great coverage. Like his name's going to be out there. So I, I don't see him wanting to actually be president, whether or not he, like, of course, I think he wants that attention and everything, but I don't think he actually wants to run the country. Yeah. And I think, I think Donald Trump kind of felt that too. Like he wanted to be president. You know, there's the famous moment where Obama's like, uh, you could never do this. And then right. Trump's just <laughs> like, great. Thanks. I've been doing it for years. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, Trump turned around, did it, and then he got in office, and, it, it, and he was like, ah, I didn't think I was going to win. <laughs> exactly. No, I think that's the case for a lot of um, people that aren't politicians, really. Like, I definitely think he just wanted that. He's, he's an arrogant, egotistic man. So I think he was like, like you said, you tell me I can't, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. But I don't think he realized all of the stress and the work that comes with literally running the country. So. And, you know, this, and feel free to, you know, uh, debate me on this, but like, all right, I'm, I think people should be able to own guns, but I'm like almost severely mentally ill. I have PTSD, depression, anxiety, 
cognitive issues, all diagnosed uh, to some degree. I don't think I should be able to own one if I'm being straight up. I just don't think I should be able to. Um, and like, you know, there's, there's things like where Biden's having a cognitive disc, uh, you know, uh, decline and right. as a narcissist. And like, uh, we, we've seen, you know, Kanye West has been very open about his mental, mental health struggles. He had a song called, I thought of killing you today about Kim Kardashian, which is a normal thought. A lot of people have, but it's like, right. you know, he, he thinks that, I mean, this is from the article. He thinks Planned Parenthoods have been placed inside cities by white supremacists to do the devil's work. Now, it might be a racial thing, but the devil's work, I, I just don't, I don't get on with right. that. He thinks that vaccines are the mark of the beast. It's like, it's like, it's, it's scary because, look, we should shatter stigmas, but also, like, we have to recognize that there are, like, things yeah. that can withhold you if you do have a mental illness, you know? And it's like, where do we find the balance on that? Right. Absolutely. I think honestly, a lot of those comments I think are mixed with him mentally struggling too, but also at the same time, I think he's trying to appeal to the, um, that Christian audience because his new album or relatively new, I don't even know when it came out, but that album, you know, was gospel and all that. So I think that he's trying to subtly, appease them I don't know but I agree I think they're yes we are all about chattering the stigma but we also realize that hey um there are certain things that need to be done if you are struggling with your mental health um you know I don't think somebody who is uh diagnosed or severely diagnosed I think there's a line between it I'm all you know I'm pro second amendment. I believe people, um, have the right to bear arms, but at the same time, I don't think that somebody who is struggling mentally, um, should have that. You know, I think there's definitely limits and we need to realize those limits and acknowledge them and establish healthy boundaries and, you know, make sure that we help those who are struggling, but also create those boundaries at the same time and that's healthy as well we all need boundaries my mom's reading a book about boundaries so she loves to remind me about that <laughs> you know when you read a book you just talk about it a lot exactly <laughs> if I had a gun like this, like I definitely shouldn't own one like I'm very open like I'd either use it on myself or shoot the wall and scare the neighbor's dog or something right. you know so right. it's like you know we do have to have these background checks and stuff and you brought up a really good point I do think Kanye is kind of doing the if he is actually running, doing the Trump route of, um, he doesn't actually believe a lot of what he's saying. He's just trying to appeal to like the evangelicals. I mean, he was going to go right. on tour with Joel Olstein, who's right. notoriously a bad person. Didn't let people <laughs> like after what was it? I forget what it was, but he didn't let. Oh, it was something in Houston. I don't know. Didn't let people stay in his uh in his like mega church or whatever. The hurricane, the hurricane, right? I think it was the Harvey Hurricane Harvey or something like that. Yeah, was that in Texas? Yes, that was Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he's like, Houston, I think. Yeah, and he's like, you know, that guy looks, he looks like the devil, like if we're being honest <laughs> here. If anyone looks like the devil, like, oh, I just love to accept. You don't believe in Jesus, allegedly <laughs> from me. I'm alleging in my head. I don't know, but I don't think he does. But yeah, and it's, it's you know, it's increasingly worrisome because it's, you know, being in like media and stuff, it's just increasingly easy to see how, people can be manipulated and it's not because they're dumb. It's just, it goes, every problem is because of another problem. Like we have an education mm -hmm. problem. We have a social media problem. We have all these problems and it's just causing more problems. 
I don't know. Where am I going with this, Alexis? I'm just rambling. This <laughs> no, I love it. Stop. I literally ramble my life away. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. Um, so with like some of our remaining time, I do want to, I want to play a little game if you're down. Okay, absolutely. We will talk about some, I will say like, a, you know, a mental illness, you know, we'll talk about, and we'll talk about the stigmas behind it and like, it will shatter the stigmas to some degree of it. Okay. Great. Okay. First one I want to do, because I feel like it has such a big one around it. And people who don't have it, like, don't really understand. They think it's something else. Post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Um, do you want an adjective or you want the stigma? You want, like... I want the stigma stigma. and then, like, what it actually is. Okay. You know... Yeah, I'll do um, my best. I think PTSD, we automatically think of like a crazy soldier returning from like Afghanistan or something like that. Um, As far as what PTSD is, um, so my VP of Ricky's Compass, Giselle, she is, she went to school for psych and everything. So she's a lot better at this, at knowing the exact like terminology and everything, but I'll try my best. Um, I think it's kind of, a reaction or, um, you know, a lot of times it is something chemically there or in there, um, whatever it's internal, but obviously, but, um, it stems from some type of trauma. Now, whether that is somebody coming back from, um, a war or it could be some type of sexual trauma, it could be any type of trauma. People don't realize how deep trauma is and, um, it, trauma is different for anybody. So it can ultimately be the result of any type of trauma. I feel like that's a really crappy way of explaining it. So I apologize. (laughs) No, it's broad, but it like means so much to like, um, I like in my past, I've been a very bad person and like, I'm not a victim in what I've done, but like, I have trauma from that. Like it's broad, you know what I mean? And like probably have trauma from that. And it's just like you get the way I can explain it is like you get these flashbacks and it I've literally was washing dishes at my ex-girlfriend's house once and like yeah. I just moved once because I was just frozen and I had to sit in the like especially when you become a different person it's so hard looking back but like I was like she had to give me a, like a blanket and I had to drink tea because I was like yeah. you know stressing out you know people people who are actually are victims of things I mean it's hard for them to even get by any day and, and like you right. know sometimes a certain smell can take them back to something horrible, you know, yeah. 21 pilots, sometimes a certain smell will take me back to when I was young. Um, so yeah, that's, per- that's a perfect way to describe it. It is, it's, people need to know it's more broad than they, than they think. Exactly. And I think that's the issue too, is there's so many forms of trauma that people don't know about or realize. And I, you brought up a wonderful point. The fact that, um, you can be traumatized from your past and your past actions as well, whether, you know, we all make mistakes and we all learn and grow from them and stuff like that. And I know somebody, um, my parents were, we were all just talking about this, actually, uh, this man, he saw this woman walking down the street and, um, I think it was an ex-girlfriend or something and trying to leave out too many details because it's not my story to tell, but basically mm. she turned around and was like, because of you, you know, because of the way you treated me, I am now X, Y, and Z, whatever. And he was like, oh my gosh, like I was, I was horrible to her back in the day. And so, you know, and now 
he was he's now I mean he passed away recently but he was this incredible person and he changed a lot and stuff and that's like remembering how you used to be and and stuff like that that can be trauma on, on you as well absolutely people don't realize the extent that trauma plays in people and and the role that it plays in how um how hard it can be on individuals yeah it, it's an interesting point like that's the thing i struggle with personally the most that's why yeah. um i the guy i had on my podcast uh yesterday ethan shapiro he was mm -hmm. saying you know he was saying something that he thought was controversial that I don't, I think you and me, I mean, you, we do agree with, we just said it. Like if you, like, if you legitimately, and I'm kind of paraphrasing and adding my own bits in here, right. this is what we were saying. Basically, if you legitimately change, I think, and this is controversial, no matter what you've done, if you're a different person, you know, there should be room for you to grow and be forgiven. Like we're legitimately different people. Every seven years, we have different atoms in our body. Our brains change. We take different medicines. We go to therapy, all this different stuff. And right. we're not always the same person we were yesterday, but you know, it is, it is like always in the back of your head and like, you shouldn't ever, for, you know, forget it. And it's like, how to deal with it and all this stuff. Right. Absolutely. It's hard. It like, even just with, um, and I'm probably going on a different tangent, but even like with cancel culture and all that, I was just um, gonna say that. yeah, I think it's really bad. Like, I think it needs to stop because like you said, we're constantly changing. And I think about the stupid things that I said, like, back in the day or did back in the day, like, I've definitely said things now where on my Facebook memories, I like scroll through and I'm like, Oh, my gosh, like, why did I and I'll delete it because I can't imagine like, being somebody in the limelight and something stupid comes up from my past. Like, yeah, I made mistakes. I said stupid things that I regret, whatever. But I pray to God that I'm never judged and, you know, ripped apart over that because there's things that I, I've said or done that I, you know, asked for forgiveness from my friends over and I wouldn't want, or from whoever over, but I wouldn't want to be judged on that all over again, constantly reminded of it because like you said, you know, we're all growing, we're all learning, and we're all trying to be better, hopefully. Um, if you continue to do that, then yes, there are consequences and all of that. But if you're genuinely trying to be a better person, like, people need to realize that and accept that because nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. Amazing. So the next, <laughs> next one we'll do is uh, let's talk about depression for a little bit. Okay. Um, I think a lot of times when somebody is depressed we tell them to oh just get up go shower you'll be fine like be happy think about a happy time like you're fine whatever um a lot of times we're just like oh you're a bum or whatever and i think it's so much more than that most of the time depression is a chemical imbalance in your brain so it's not something that you can physically control and just make yourself happy and move on with life and um a lot of people have to um, take medicine for or for it or, um, you know, seek therapy or counselor or whatever. And it's something that they are constantly battling. It's not just something we can, oh, snap our fingers and we're not depressed. Like, don't you think they would do that if they wanted, like, if somebody was depressed and they could just snap their fingers and make it all better, they would probably do that because people don't enjoy being depressed. It's mm. not something that you... Um, it's not something you in, enjoy having. You don't like depression. It's not like somebody um, wants that. Uh, I don't know. I just think people 
are a lot of times um, they just view that individual as like, oh, like just gotta be happy and stop being a bum. And it's, it's so much more than that. Yeah, and you and you brought up a really good point. I keep saying that you brought up because you're bringing up yeah, so many good you. points. Thank um, you. <laughs> I appreciate uh, that. There's a musician who's really good. Uh, I don't. He went to Willie P. You might know him, Will Wood. He. Uh, I don't think so. I'll have to look him up. <laughs> he's very good. I don't. I don't know what he's doing now, but he posted yeah. on Facebook once. Even if someone, if you think someone is even just saying they're depressed for attention, there's obviously still a mental health issue there. And I, I, I was like, wow, that changed my perspective so much on things. Absolutely. I love that. I think it's, especially nowadays, because um, unfortunately, you know, suicide and is so prevalent. It's like, why not just be proactive? If you think someone's struggling, just reach out, just help them. You know, we constantly put, we constantly expect those that are struggling to like, oh, I need help. But like, when they're, you know, in that pit, in that despair, they're not always going to reach out for various reasons, whether it be the stigma, whatever. So even if they, even if you think somebody is just doing it for attention, well, whether they are, or they aren't, it doesn't hurt to reach out. Like just, just be proactive, just try and help. And, you know, you never know, you could become closer to that person. Um, you could ultimately save a life. What's the worst thing you could possibly do? Like, there's no, there's no bad option by just reaching out and trying to help them. There's no bad consequence. You know, there's only good things that could really stem from it. So I don't understand why, um, why you would choose not to help somebody. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I mean, people, people legitimately need to hear that on both ends of that. Um, the, the last one we're going to do because it's specific to Ricky's compass is uh, bipolar disorder. Bipolar. I feel like you think of just crazy people. Like you just think of people that'll, you know, they're hot and they're cold and um, it's not always like that. And so I'm going to speak from my personal experience with just what I saw with Ricky and Rick was an incredible human being. Like he, I would remember, um, actually, I forget what year it was, but it was around, um, it was St. Patty's day and he had just gotten out of, actually, I think it was 2015 maybe because he had just gotten out of the hospital. He had pretty much just been diagnosed. And there was a lot of things like, for whatever reason, I didn't, you know, know everything at the time, whatever. So little did I know what Ricky was really going through. And I was asking people if they wanted um, to go with me to the city to hand out food to the homeless. And Rick was, Ricky and one other person, they were immediately on it. They were like, let's go. Meanwhile, you know, Ricky's there. He was, he's, you know, big into his faith and all of that. And so he was there, he was praying with people, he was passing out food, whatever. And he was just giving his heart away. And on the path ride home that was when I found out that you know he had been in the hospital he had been struggling severely and um he was so good at being there for others and and kind of hiding what he was going through so I think people need to look behind this whole crazy beyond this whole crazy label because um Rick basically he was super creative also and so he kind of funneled that bipolar into his creativity if that makes sense so basically um he started his own multimedia company like I had said so there were times where he would when he was you know having his highs 
he would have, he would go days, weeks without sleeping. And it was just like, oh, it's this creative genius. Like his creative juices are flowing. And so we would, we would write it off so easily, especially, you know, just as his friend, not as his sister, you know, she was there all the time. So she was able to understand it better. But for somebody like me who would um, see him, you know, on occasion, a couple times a week, whatever, it was just like, oh, Rick's just having, you know, he's flowing with these creative juices. And so there would be times where he would go and do a shoot in the city. Um, he was hired by Google to shoot one of their holiday parties, whatever. And so he would go there, he'd wake up super early, he would go to the city, he would shoot all day, he would come home. And I was a senior in college at Willie P and I needed help with a lot of my video production and editing classes and good old Rick would help me. I would get out of work at like seven. I would meet him at his office and we would literally work until like midnight and he would help me. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. And he's like, oh, you know, let's just get this done so that you can submit it on time, whatever. And then we would finish and I'd be like, okay, like, good night. I'm going home. And he's like, okay, good night. I'm going to stay here. And I have another shoot in the morning in the city. So I have to be here early. So I'm just going to work through the night and do that. And I was like, what? Like, you're wild. You're crazy. <laughs> and little did I know, like that was, he was experiencing those highs. And then there would be points in his time in his life where he would just, you know, want to sleep all the time and he would be super depressed and stuff. But we kind of, people don't realize that like, we just, we want to label these individuals as these crazy people. And it's more than that. Like they are human beings who are suffering and a lot of the times they're, they may be able to kind of filter into their, their create creative juices and, and everything. And, but they are struggling and we need to be there to help them and stuff, but they're not, they're not some crazy person who's going to turn around and kill us, whatever. Like it's, it's not like that. Like we need, <laughs> like that's, I feel like that's ultimately what the stigma is. It's like, oh my gosh, like you're bipolar. Oh my, oh my goodness. You're you're schizophrenic, you're hearing voices, you're crazy, you're insane, you're gonna kill me. It's, it's, there's so yeah. much more to that. So much yeah. more. Well, we encourage, we at the New Realm podcast, it's just me, <laughs> uh, encourage I love you it. to use the hashtag, shatter the stigma. Alexis, where can people find you? We're gonna put the donate link below as well as your website link in the YouTube. Um, Thank you so much. Where can people find, uh, you, you know, either you if you want, or like where can people find Ricky's Compass in general? Yeah, so Ricky's Compass, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and then of course our website. So Facebook is just facebook.com slash Ricky's Compass. And Twitter and Instagram is at Ricky's Compass CP. So we, uh, CP stood for community project because we didn't know how far we were going to be. So yeah, we're Ricky's Compass CP. Um, and then you could always email us as well. As well. It's support at Ricky's Compass.org. And you're only getting me. Melissa, Ricky's sister, or Giselle, those are the only three people that, you know, are on the team. So one of us will definitely reach out, but we are always here to talk and chat and however we can help, we're here for it. So Amazing. Thank you so much. Alexis, please stay on Thank the line you. for a little bit. I'm just going to end the recording, but uh, everyone else, bye. Thank you so much. <laughs> bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.